Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me today is Mr. Jonathan. That's right, people. I'm back. He's back. I got a new, I got a new set behind me. I mean, this. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, we're excited to have you here. And you've even got like the, the rifle gun. Is that zip tied to the thing? Or is that, what is that? Uh, I don't I don't want to talk about okay. how I fixed it up there. It's, <laughs> it's probably not safe. And it is a BB gun. It's not even a real gun. <laughs> See, you didn't even have to admit that. You could have just, you know, but hey, whatever. Uh, right. If somebody zooms in on the video and they look at how it's fastened, uh, they, they would have a problem. That's funny. No, it's not. It's not. It's not really charged with any gunpowder. <laughs> All right. So today, you and I are going to be discussing Christmas gift ideas for cigar lovers. But before we get into that, why don't we go ahead and prep the cigar? And we're smoking the Cigar Authority Lancero. Hang on. I just. I knew. You already. <laughs> I knew. I had a. No, feeling. you already got yours out. That's not fair. Mine's in here and. It's a Lancero, so it's really, I mean, it's really jammed in there. Admittedly, mine was really jammed in there, and that's why, you know. But see, I always prep mine without fanfare. And for anybody that's just listening that isn't watching, if you're watching, you get it. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jeff and his cellophane ASMR. I don't know. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about this Lancero? All right. There, there really is. There, there's very little information as far as the the blend, and there may be information about it. I just don't remember it. Okay. Um, because I don't care that much. <laughs> but the the real thing about the real story behind the Cigar Authority Lancero is that um, Dave on the Cigar Authority has this hair across his ass about Lanceros <laughs> because they don't sell, and every manufacturer when they tell us they're coming out with a new size. This is going back three years ago. Uh, the new size is Lancero, and he's he's like ready to lose his mind. He says it, he says it, he says it, and people start writing in, breaking his balls about how the Lancero is the best size that there is. And he makes the argument that they don't sell. So what does he do? He has 300 boxes of 12 of the Cigar Authority Lancero. Now, keep in mind, this cigar was supposed to be celebrating our 10-year anniversary. COVID happens. We're not doing a 10-year. We can't do an 11. So it comes out for the 12-year anniversary. And in that time, he had all that time to get all amped up and fueled up about how much he hates Lanceros on paper. So when I tell you we sold a metric shit ton of these, I mean, <laughs> our fans on the Cigar Authority – love us probably more than they love the size uh-huh so he bitches every week that we still have some left but keep in mind it's 300 boxes and we're down to like 72 boxes now and he's saying that whatever doesn't sell uh this week uh and he's gonna he wants to bitch about it one more time on the show so i think the wednesday after this coming saturday it, it's over he's oh, calling okay. him and he's or putting them on the market again. He's just going to keep them to himself. Whatever's left. <laughs> I'll no. tell you. So, uh, Broccoli Rob, he, uh, over there at the final third cigar and whiskey lounge, when he was in town in September, 
um, we did a trade. He gave me a cigar, and I, I'll be honest, I'm blanking, and I can't remember what he gave me, but he wanted one of these. So I gave him one of these out of the box that I purchased when I was up for your anniversary party in September. And um, he smoked it, and he raved about it and said, I don't know why Dave is bitching about these things not selling. He said, I could sell a metric shit ton of these because my people love Lanceros and these are so freaking great. He's like, if he wants to unload them, get them over here. So, well, the, the thing about Lanceros is they are more of a connoisseur's shape. So you have to kind of know your shit in order to be able to manage the uneven burn that you get when you, if you, if you, Smoke it like a regular cigar. You're going to draw too much airflow yep. through and you're going to cause the cigar to cone and then it's going to burn uneven. So right out of the gate, right off the rip, you have to kind of know what you're doing when you're smoking a Lancero. It, you, you've got to babysit it. You've got to do baby pulls on it to get the flavor. And you, it's so easy to heat it up and blow through the very subtle additional wrapper flavor that you get from a thinner ring gauge. And I used to think that it was additional wrapper because you had more wrapper to fill a ratio. The reality is that is not the case because this is a cylinder. So the ratio between the inside and the outside is essentially the same, but on a Lancero, they will overlap the wrapper at the seams a little bit more than a regular Vitola. And so you do technically get a smaller amount more does that make sense you get a little bit more i could just say it that way you get a little bit more wrapper than other vitolas so it but you've got to really puff it slow and keep that ember burning low to be able to pick up those subtle flavors that's definitely something that i learned early on with lanceros is that it's a much slower smoke um versus just a toro or something else and that's something that right. I, I do have to adapt to i do agree that it does make my fingers look fat but i think it's my fingers not the cigar i concur i'm willing to say that so anyway well why don't we go ahead and cut the cigar and the official cutting is brought to you by dan the man ponder over there at riverman cigar company he's got some lanceros there at riverman cigar company um oh you prep it you, that one doesn't make that one doesn't make the noise that Hang one on. doesn't make the noise um, I know Dan didn't cut anything out of his uh, store, but you know it's tradition. There you go. He uh, he's actually he's adding stuff. He's bringing in all kinds of new stuff for uh, Christmas. And one thing we do want to note is coming up on Friday, November the eighteenth, Terrence Riley from Agonorsa Leaf will be in the uh, Riverman Cigar Company doing the Agonorsa experience. So if you guys nice. are in the St. Louis area, this is going to be a fantastic event for you to come and take part in. Um, he's going to have the the Fumas, so you can try the different types of tobacco and blend and them. It's in so it. It, it's so important for a consumer to do this because, especially for people that say, I only taste smoke. Exactly. This gives you a chance, even if you're not, uh, no, no one has to pull out the wacky flavors that I get, you know, concussion and, uh, <laughs> you know, Swiss miss hot chocolate with the marshmallows, but you took all the marshmallows out, but it, it, it was in close proximity to marshmallows. It's all, it's all for the show. <laughs> Chinese but the, the, pea pods. Yeah. Yeah. Chinese pea pods. So if you, if you do the, this experiment you, where you taste one tobacco and you taste the other tobacco, and then they tell you that both of these tobaccos are prevalent in the cigar that you're going to smoke at the end. 
but you get to learn what the flavor of that tobacco is. And it doesn't matter if you're somebody that can or cannot pull out wacky flavors in a cigar, you'll be able to start telling what tobacco is what. And you'll get to the point now where myself and my assistant, Trevor, uh, we smoke a cigar and we can tell you that this manufacturer bought from Aganorsa because oh. it's such a distinct flavor profile that they have. It's past the one of them is uh, sweet and a little spicier. And the other one is on the salty spectrum. But they both have an underlying flavor that happens when the tobacco is platooned, it, when they put the um, the cloth over the outside of the, the pallone. Whatever that process is, has a flavor and has an aroma when it burns. And it's distinctly Aganorsa. Well, you're going to be able to experience that on Friday, November 18th at Riverman Cigar Company. So if you're in the St. Louis area, swing on by and enjoy the event. And if you're not in the St. Louis area, Dan does mail order. So you can at least get some Aganorsa cigars, you know, from him and you can try them at home. So that's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, it's time I go ahead and uh, cut that cigar. So there you go. So how you been? Been a little while. So I'm coming off on a little bit of a DJ high. Yeah. I uh, I literally DJed for Wu-Tang Clan last night. What? Yeah, it's a, a lesser known member, um, and his name is Supreme. There's five or six people with the name Supreme in the Wu-Tang Clan, <laughs> but they're all Supreme something else. So there's Supreme Intelligence, which is Ghostface Killer's son. Uh, there's DJ Supreme something. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Wu-Tang is at this point, Wu-Tang is so massive. It's impossible to keep track. But <laughs> if, if you're flying the Wu-Tang symbol, you better be a legit member of Wu-Tang cause shit's going to hit the fan. Uh -huh. Um, so this guy Supreme comes in, he hands me a flash drive. He refuses to remember my name. I'm just DJ. And <laughs> he's like, yo, DJ, cut that. Yo, DJ, spin that shit. Now, where do you know the company Give, Send, Go? No. They are a faith-based version of GoFundMe. Okay. So the difference is with Give, Send, Go, they want the person that's getting the money to get all of the money. So they don't have the minimums that you have to hit. They don't have the fees that, that you get with the other platforms. This is every penny that is possible to go to you goes to you if you have this set this campaign set up, crowdsourced yeah. campaign. So he hears about this. Uh, they're at a conference, and the two owners, one of which I went to grade school with, I was in the third grade with him. Okay. So they meet up, and he tells them he's in, in the Wu-Tang, and they just kind of start chatting up and they tell him about this gala and he says, I'm flying in. I'm going to do your gala. So he put on a 15 minute set, did a total of six songs, you know, four crowd favorites and two I've never heard before. And, uh, just yelled at me on the microphone. It was awesome. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, now you've got, now you have a rap story to contribute when Dave brings up, you know, how he was doing cigars for, uh, Oh, Believe me. So I tell him, I tell this guy Supreme about that. And he goes, oh yeah, that was me. What? I'm like, get the, 
because he's 49 years old. So yeah. all the other Supremes are all younger. Yeah. This guy's 49. He's, he's in the same age category as the rest of the Wu. So uh, he's not an original founding member, but he came along shortly after. Yeah. But well, well within the time frame of uh, old dirty bastard. May he rest in peace, his untimely death. So he was like, yeah, that was me. I was working on that project. He didn't remember that it was he was working on it with two guys smoke shop. But that's so funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, small world. I like it. Small world indeed. Well, let's go ahead and get the cigar going. I'm anxious to get the cigar going here. So um you're the you're the flavor note guy, so right off the bat we got cold draw here. You I'm sure you know this cigar pretty well. I, I do. Okay. It's very barnyardy. Yeah. And there's a little bit of raisin. So the closer that a manufacturer can get to pure raisin flavor on the cold draw, the better uh, for the cigar smoker, allegedly. There's been plenty of times I've tasted barnyard like this, and the cigar burns great and tastes great. But supposedly, from a manufacturer's standpoint, they are trying to achieve raisin. Okay. At the end. At the end. So when you say barnyard... I get in this argument with Gator all the time. He says that barnyard implies poop. Oh, I yeah, th- but there's so th- there's a couple of things going on. Yes, it does imply poop and piss uh, and and hay and things rotting and. But you know you don't walk into a farm and hold your nose. It's it's not an unpleasant aroma. Exactly. Now I personally so, don't. I I say that it doesn't have to imply poop that there are farms that don't have animals on them you know so you don't have to necessarily say that it implies poop he thinks that barnyard is an offensive flavor note to like state i guess is what i'm saying well i the other thing that's going on is that tobacco tends to work uh opposite of what you taste so if you taste something that's on the more foul spectrum in the cold draw you will have a sweeter smoking experience on the burning side. And we learned that from Padron. They'll take people around and they'll have them smell the polones. And you smell one polone and it smells like honey. And they roll up a little cheroot and it tastes like shit. And then they go to the finished product and you smell it and it's barnyardy as all hell. And you roll it up and it tastes sweet. And that's the, the tobacco working in opposition when, it, when it's burning. Gotcha. So I'm excited to smoke this because it tastes like barnyard and has a little, it, it is a little bit of shit. It's a little bit of piss. It's a little bit of hay, <laughs> all the positive sides of that. You know, it's not human feces. It's, well, yeah, it's horse shit manure. Yeah. All right. Manure. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm firing it out because I want to get my cigar going today. Um, so I wanted to discuss Christmas gift ideas and Gator and I normally we normally do a Christmas gift thing, but typically what ends up happening is uh we do it in December when it's way too damn late and everybody's either done their shopping already or um, all of the nice gift ideas have already been purchased, and when people go to the store, they can't get it. So I wanted to get this uh, early, and I wanted to discuss it 
with uh, someone in retail and everything. So I figured, you know what? I'd reach out to you. So in terms of the Christmas season, now that we're past Halloween, you know, we're coming into the shopping season. First of all, are you guys, do you see like an uptick in, in shopping for Christmas or? Is, uh, yeah, yeah. Really, the question that you're asking is, do we see more women? And the answer is yes. Okay. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. We see more women. Uh, it gets to the point where about uh, a week before Christmas, we're hiding on the sales floor because no one wants to wait on the next wife that walks in because <laughs> it starts off with the hand on the nose or now at least they can wear a mask and it's socially acceptable. So that's they can, true. They can filter a little bit of it out or at least think that they are. Yeah. And, but we're fortunate at two guys smoke shop that we have a database and we can look somebody up and say, okay, this is what they smoke. And what's your goal here. Now, the problem is that the guy didn't front end load. And what I mean by that is take a picture of what you want. That's the key. So it's not for us in this discussion, it's going to be less about, oh, you you need this really cool cutter. What you need to do is pre-shop. You want a really cool cutter? Take a picture of it. Yeah. Text it to your wife. You don't need to be surprised. Just tell her what she what you want because she does not want to be in that cigar store for very long and you're going to end up getting the shittier version of what what you want so if you wanted the nicer cutter she's going to get you the cheaper easier one to reach easier one to grab it's not under glass so she can get in and out now if she has a picture oh my god it's night and day and even if i don't if if uh you know, we don't carry brand X, but I carry Calibri and it's a butterfly cutter and I have a Calibri version. All right. Well, I can I can get something in her hands that is of the same quality as brand X that you were looking for. Gotcha. And that's that's really everything when it comes to Christmas. Gotcha. And then do a personal do a personal inventory. Look at what you have and what you don't have. Every cigar smoker obviously needs a lighter and a cutter. Maybe you want a nicer lighter and a nicer cutter. Take a picture of that in your local brick and mortar. You should have a travel case that holds at least five cigars, but I would recommend 10 cigars. If you don't have one, take a picture of it. Every cigar shop in the whole country, we all sell travel cases. Yes, we do. Some of them are very nice and expensive, and some of them are inexpensive for 30 bucks. Whichever one you want, take a picture, text it to your wife. Uh, we all, obviously we consume the product. We all like cigars, but she wants to feel good about her purchase. She may not like that you smoke cigars all the time, but she wants to feel good about your, the purchase that she's making for you. So throw in a couple of cigars that are a little bit more expensive than what you normally would get. And at the end, she's got five or six pictures. She can come in with a trained professional and we can bang through what her budget is and the list of things that you sent. And she's in and out of there in five minutes. She is ecstatic that she didn't have to stay in the shop for all that long. And she's even more thrilled that she got you exactly what you were looking for. And there's no guessing. No, that's really good advice. Cause I mean, it can be intimidating, you know, shopping for somebody, especially if you're not familiar with um, the, uh, the product and the, the associated products that that your loved one is into and i mean not everybody is fortunate enough to have a significant uh, other that 
maybe enjoy cigars with them. 100% true. In fact, yeah. I would say quite the opposite, that most men that enjoy cigars have a, a battle with their their spouse. And it, it, it can be as they, oh, that I like the way the cigar smells, but I'm not kissing you afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been in that situation and I, I developed a protocol. We've discussed it on the, uh, on the show this week, but, uh, a protocol of being able to clean your mouth completely so that, you know, other people don't have to smoke the cigar that you're, you smoked an hour ago. There's a product called tongue T U N G. I bought that on Amazon and it's a kit. It comes with like a gel, kind of like a toothpaste, but it's not. And then it's um, what looks like a toothbrush, but instead of the toothbrush head, it's got a round, you know, bristled head. And it's angled in such a way that you you put the gel on it and you just scrape the hell out of your tongue with it. And it's angled so that you can get to the back of your tongue without gagging yourself. So Yeah, I got a wicked bad gag reflex. (laughs) Wicked bad. I'll I'll throw up. I'll throw up if I touch the back of my tongue. But I, I find... Uh, flossing is the most important thing after yes. a cigar. If you're looking to, if you're looking to be clean, you floss, brush your teeth with just straight baking soda, nothing special. Make sure you get the inside, the outside and the, the facial surface. You've already flossed. So you got in between. Now you're looking to get that, that sort of interdental area with the, the head of the brush. I use an oral B and then after the brushing with the, um, baking soda, I'll get a little coconut oil, just a teaspoon or a tablespoon, toss that in my mouth when I'm, as I'm jumping in the shower and you just swish that around. That does a couple of things. Um, coconut oil is extremely great for mouth bacteria. It is, uh, it'll kill off any of the bad stuff that causes bad breath. Uh, it'll pull any of the stains off the back of your teeth that are not water soluble. There's some stains in tobacco smoke that are only oil soluble. And this is why we go to the dentist and they're like, oh, you're all stained up here. You haven't been able to clean that area because that is not a water-soluble stain. That's an oil-soluble stain. So you switch that around for, I don't know, three minutes, spit it out. And then the best product on the planet for smokers is TheraBreath. They're not a sponsor. I've never made a penny off of them. I'm going to pitch them. But okay. uh, that, that four-step combination and your mouth is completely clean interesting interesting i know uh gator uses a mouthwash and i've used the mint versions of smart mouth i don't know if you've tried those at all i've Um, seen it on the shelf yeah they're not bad um the whole deal with that is that it's supposed to uh get rid of the uh the sulfur and whatnot in the mouth that causes the bad breath i don't know if i bet they're I bet that there is an oil in it of some kind, MCT oil or something like that. Possibly. I know with the mouthwash itself, it's two different chemicals. So when you when you pour it, they actually mix as they're going into the uh, the little cup. So I don't know what they are, though. But anyway, they're good. Um, so, okay. In a perfect world, somebody comes in and they've got photos and everything else. But let's say that it's not a perfect world, and it's not. You're going to have somebody come in, and they're going to say, I want to get something for my husband or you know my friend, and they smoke cigars. What would you, what would you recommend? And that's literally all you're given. So the first thing I do is I qualify this person because I don't want to sell 
somebody whose budget is $10 of $50 so you aren't horrify them. Yeah. And the vice versa, somebody that wants to spend $50 on a cigar, I would be leaving an awful lot on the table showing them a $10 cigar. In in both cases, both customers are probably going to buy what I show them. So the question is, do I have them leaving where they feel completely fulfilled? The $50 person bought a $50 cigar and they feel great. And the $10 person bought a $10 cigar or maybe they bought a $12 cigar because it's right next to it and they like the size better. So they, all right, the base, the Robusto's $10, they go up a little bit and they get a $12 cigar. They both leave very happy that they made the right purchase. And that's that's why I'm, I'm saying to your listeners, take pictures and text them to your wife or your girlfriend. Yeah. You want them to feel great about the purchase afterwards. And if somebody gets you the wrong gift, we all have a 14-day return policy. Just say thank you, <laughs> smile, nod. You got somebody that's that's taking part in your hobby and they're, they're trying. Uh, and probably you didn't take pictures and send them to them like I told you. So just bring it back for credit and get taken care of that way. Well, let me add, so, and I'm not putting you on the spot or anything, but like, so you're say if somebody buy, like, are you saying tobacco to bring back actual tobacco products? Oh yeah. I got a no questions asked 14 day return policy. Okay. And every one of my staff is empowered to return anything that was purchased in the last 14 days. Now, if it goes longer than that, we know the guy, it's a good customer. Um, what I don't want is somebody that left their cigars in the car for the 14 days. Uh-huh. So inside our sealed bags, 14 days, most of the year, cigars are going to be fine. I can put them at the bottom of the box and they'll rehydrate. And But <clears throat> if it's um, over the 14 days, I find a way. We give them a gift certificate for the credit or whatever. I'm not... At no point is a retailer trying to fleece somebody and say, oh, no, you made the purchase and now you have to keep it. You know, short of licking me seeing you lick your cigar and then using the cutter on it and then saying, you know what, I don't I don't like this cutter. Well, you know, you licked it. So yeah. it's kind of yours now. <laughs> Valid. So, OK. So in terms of like so we're talking cigars, but um what if somebody comes in and they're not comfortable actually making that decision? Cause I mean, I've dealt with it, you know, during my shift at Riverman where, you know, somebody comes in and they're like, Hey, you know, my, my friend, my dad, my whatever, you know, smokes cigars. And you're like, well, what does he smoke? I don't know. And so you have no idea what they smoke. I mean, do you, you know, first of all, do you even suggest cigars or do you maybe go for a more of an alternate? Okay. I do. So uh, I, I start off by saying, okay, when you see the person smoking a cigar, would you say it's a bigger cigar or a smaller cigar? So I'm trying to profile the smoker. I'm reverse engineering this guy, you know, without ever having seen him. Okay. Well, I, it, it looks bigger and I, all right, I bring him over to a wall of uh, our house brand Dos Ombre because all the sizes are lined up. Okay. So kind of look at this and see where where your friend or person that you're buying for falls as far as the size. Oh, it's, it's this size. And they identify a Churchill. So I know I have about 50 Churchills. So I've just eliminated from 1100 
down to 50 cigars, my job just got exponentially easier. Significantly. All right. Now, when you see this person smoking, is it a light wrapper like this or is it a dark wrapper like this? Oh, it's a dark wrapper. I only have 10 Churchills that have a dark wrapper. Exponentially easier. Now it's only about price. Where do you feel comfortable buying? And, and the cigars that are Churchill sized with dark wrappers range from four to $40. Where would you like to be price wise? Oh, uh, somewhere in the middle, let's say 20. All right. Come over here and you show them that. So I've, my goal isn't to sell them something. My goal is to eliminate cigars out of the conversation. I'm just constantly whittling down and whittling down and whittling down and maintaining control over the conversation by asking questions. The person that's asking the question is the person that's in control rather than, and I, I have this conversation with my rookies, they'll let the customer continually just keep dumping information that is not germane to the conversation on them. And I try to get them to shift it around and start asking questions because that's the goal is to we're reverse engineering this cigar smoker by eliminating shit that isn't, he's a Churchill smoker. We don't need to talk about Robusto at all. Yeah. Or Toro. Okay. Well, no, that makes sense. Um, now, in my experience, I found that sometimes when somebody says that's a big cigar, you know, it may be one of those things where we don't. You should immediately follow that statement with that's what she said. Well, yeah. They love, but, they love that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, sometimes people say that and they're not cigar smokers and they're, they're talking about sizes that you and I, as cigar people, we wouldn't consider a big, a big size, you know, that maybe sure. because it's larger than the cigarette that they see their friend smoke or the swisher that they've seen somebody smoke, you know, that suddenly all of a sudden it's a big cigar, you know, and so I like the fact that you're saying you show them in the cabinet and they kind of like determine based off actual visual what they're talking about and not just a descriptive. Right. Now, the other thing is, so let's say you're blind, blind. This person has heard that the cigar smoker uh, smokes cigars. Okay. And they want to buy They want to buy a cigar. So I'm still going to mine some data here. Uh, do you know if he likes spicy food? Would you say he's a steak guy or a chicken guy? Oh, he owns a smoker and he smokes nothing but beef ribs all the time. And he gets them as spicy as he can get them. So you're going Maduro at that point. Or, yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a safe bet. All right, this guy, this guy's palate can handle a little more flavor yeah. because he's subjecting it to more flavor all the time. Uh, no, this is a white bread dude. Uh, he goes to church on Sunday. He only owns a one single black suit and the same tie. Uh, and he likes his food bland. In fact, his favorite meal is white rice. All right. We're going Connecticut shade. We're going very mild. <laughs> it's probably Dominican. And I can say with certainty that, you know, I don't, I just don't get cigars back. So I, by asking the questions and mining the data, you get as close as you possibly can. And if the guy brings him back, it it does happen. I just take him back. He's not stuck. And I say that to the to the lady that's buying him. Listen, 
if he gets the cigar and he's had it before and he says, absolutely not, hopefully he says, thank you for doing the right thing and buying him a cigar and he brings it to me and I'll get him the, the one that he wants. And then that takes it off of their mind that, oh, I did the wrong thing. I got the wrong one. Nope. It doesn't matter because he can always bring it back. All right. So now let's take this another way. Let's say somebody comes in and they say, my dad, husband, whatever, um, smoke cigars. I don't want to buy them cigars because I don't know what they smoke and blah, blah, blah. And they're, they're insistent that they don't want to get cigars, but they want to get like an accessory or some sort of a gift or something associated with it. Where would you go in that case? So I am very particular about what I carry in my pocket for accessories. It happens to be the most expensive cutter that we sell. I happen to love it. It's the Calibri double. It's upstairs in my vest pocket, my work vest. But the SV, the SV that has a V cut on one side, yeah, this guy. straight cut on the other. Yeah, yeah. I bought I this at your, Rose Gold I, as well. I yeah. bought this at your shop. I call it copper, but that's okay. <laughs> so the <laughs> <laughs> no, I bought this at your place. I had one, and my old one. I I worked it absolutely to death, and I lost one of the. Uh, little pins on the inside there oh yeah and then also one of these pins kind of came loose and i i've spoken the first with- edition of that they had an issue with the end of that run where they didn't put the loctite in or something because that that there was a small little window where those screws were backing out and the new editions of it they've solved that problem well and i must have one of the original ones because um I've spoken with the folks from Calibri when I've seen them at TPE and they tell me like, you know, just get in touch with us when you get back from the show and mail it in and we'll take care of it for you. And I've been, and I've just been lazy and haven't done it. Yeah. So. They're really, they're really good about it. Yeah. So I plan to, and then I'll have two of these things. But anyway, if uh Dan at Riverman carries them, he, he's probably got some that he's sending back anyways. He may be able to just swap them out for you. I'll have to see. I don't, I don't believe Dan carries these, which I think he should. Um, I I agree with you. This is like I, I've I've spent- well for starters, you're you're a cigar smoker, yes. and you think it's cool. It is cool. There, there's three features on that cutter that uh, every cigar smoker needs. So there are times when, as a smoker, you need a V cut. Why? Because you showed up with five cigars <clears throat> and. Nobody has their lighter and cutter. They're all five, the same cigar, and everybody's going to be putting their cigar down in the ashtray. Which one's yours? The one you V-cut. Or someone else says, I'll do the V-cut, and you do a cross-cut V-cut. For no other reason than so you know which cigar is yours when that band comes off. So you need that as a cigar smoker. You need a straight cut for most cuts. You're smoking by yourself probably most of the time. Straight cut everything. It's good. But then you're in a situation where you're smoking outdoors by the dumpster and you need a place to put your cigar. The side of that Calibri cutter, it's wide enough that it is a cigar rest at the same time. And it's a beefy cutter. I mean, there's some actual heft and weight to it. But uh, the other thing that I like about it um, to add to this is that when you cut, um, it contains, as you call it, the schmuckus on the inside. And it holds so, everything inside. So if you're in the car and you're driving and you know whatnot, and you cut it, um, it doesn't 
like have all that cigar, you know, butt shit going everywhere, you know? So yeah, I like to keep, I, I'm not saying I'm a neat freak, but I like my car to be tidy. I don't want cigar yeah. caps everywhere. So it, yeah, it's nice. And uh, you know, what Gator does to me is he'll use it and he won't empty it. So then later when I go to do it, then that oh, shit you get goes a nice everywhere. little surprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can at least fuck with your friends, I guess. But you know, <laughs> I don't, I personally hate it when that happens to me, but I like to do it to him. So whatever. Um, so okay. So and and seeing with me, I and I don't know if you're the same way, but uh, you know, I invest in a good cutter because I mean that's a tool that I use. I mean all the time, but in terms of a lighter, I tend to go more on the cheaper side because I find that with a lighter, I I've had some more expensive lighters, and maybe they just stop working at some point or they have issues and. You know, but what like happens this guy with the cyclone, it's a plastic body tank. So all of the all of the lighters that Vertigo has put out with plastic bodies last ten times longer than the ones that have the metal bodies. And really, I'm saying that, but that's not completely true. The ones with the metal bodies do last just as long. The problem is we as cigar smokers don't have the patience to let that warm up. So when you fill it, if you bleed it properly and you fill it, the metal holds the cold. Because when butane goes from a liquid to a gas to a liquid again, so from the, the canister into the lighter, it converts to a gas and then under pressure becomes a liquid. It gets so cold. All the moving parts are all metal inside that lighter. The body is metal and now it's cold and the butane loves the cold mm. so if you want to get a better fill on your metal body lighter bleed it put it in the freezer for about two minutes take it out and it will suck the butane out of the canister oh, or if your canister okay. if your canister's getting a little low and you need to get one or two more fills put the lighter in the freezer and it will suck whatever butane is in there out so cigar smokers just aren't as patient when your plastic body lighter does not get as cold and it's just it just works when you fill it. Metal body lighters, it can take up to 10 minutes for everything to get to room temperature or pocket temperature. Okay. Well, my but my point that I was getting at there is that for my money... What is your point? For my money, the Vertigo Cyclone is just a fantastic lighter. and It absolutely is. I think that's what I turn people on to all the time over at Riverman is, you know, it's like, look, if you're looking for a good lighter, I don't know if you can go any, any better. And the other... The, the thing that I'm trying to build is rapport with my customers, especially the guys I see every day. So I certainly could show them the it's a $90 cutter and then a $50 lighter. But I don't want that guy thinking I'm trying to spend his money. So I find, I show him the expensive cutter and then I say, listen, you can save your money. This is, this is the lighter I use. Mm -hmm. This is the cutter I use why it's the best cutter I've ever seen. This is the lighter I use because, and I can have any lighter I want any, all of the lighter companies want Mr. Jonathan at two guys smoke shop in Salem, <laughs> New Hampshire using their lighter. They all will give me any lighter that I want. And I use the cyclone. Well, there you go. Cause it fires every time. It's exactly. I mean, I know you've mentioned it. I've done it, put it through the wash, you know, even through the laundry, 
this thing works. It comes out better. It works better. It, it's great. You and get it, all the schmuckus out of the Jets. Well, and I'll say, after the last time you were on the show, you mentioned that there's the little the little pin in the top there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if everyone can even see it, but there's a little pin. And I had one of those inside that wasn't working quite right. And you had mentioned, you know, adjust that pin, push it back down slightly. And so I did that after you and I spoke, this is earlier this year, and fired right back up. And now it's back yeah, in it's rotation. A, it's an electro uh, electro pulse that happens when you ignite that lighter. And if it grounds out to the housing or back sparks, we call it, then it's not sparking where the butane is. So every once in a while, when your hand is at exactly the right angle and the butane floats over by the sparker, when it's back sparking, it'll ignite. The rest of the time it won't. So yeah, the little precision screwdriver or a little bleed tool and you just bend it down and you're in business. Works just fine. So, and then in terms of, you know, so we've talked lighters, we've talked cutters. So I have just a little, you know, eight. I think technically it's a 10, but I find that eight fit very comfortably. Yeah, bigger travel. ring gauges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Travel case. Um, I don't leave home without that. I mean, it comes with me everywhere. So baseline, I think cigar smokers need... A uh, lighter and a cutter can be cheap. Doesn't matter. Then the, they need cigars. And then you get into the next tier and it's okay. They need a humidor. When you first start out, the store can be your humidor, but you start getting more serious and you want more variety and you're smoking more frequently. You need a hundred cigars on hand mm-hmm. at all times. So the next level is humidor. If you don't have a humidor, Find a humidor that's within your wife's budget. Take a picture of it. And the other thing that I think cigar smokers concern themselves with too much is getting the exact product. You can easily have your wife go in and get you a gift certificate for the amount of the purchase. And you can come in and pick the color. Yeah. And use the gift certificate. We all sell gift certificates. Uh, I don't like that they sit on my balance sheet until they're spent, but whatever. Um, but gift certificate's a great option. But once you get to the second tier, you're at, uh, all right, I have a hundred cigars on hand at all times. Well, I need a place to smoke them. So now is I need an ashtray. Mm -hmm. I need, I really need a table lighter. I need a table cutter, something that's going to stay in the space. My little man cave that I created my space for. Now I'm, you're going to build that out, and these are all the other things. Now, did you need that when you were first starting out? No. But now you're more serious, and the more serious and the more years you have in, the more of this stuff that you collect, but you just you know you understand what tier you're at, and that's where you gear the person who's buying you the gift. You steer them toward that. Well, and that's a valid point. I mean, I'm coming to you from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios inside my ice tent, you know? Um it's uh, going to be a nice day here in St. Louis today, but uh, we're recording relatively early, and so it's still about 48 degrees out this morning, and I didn't really want to sit outside in that, so I set up here in the ice tent. I have the heater going. It's just an insulated ice fishing tent. I've talked about it multiple times. Everybody knows, but uh, I'm all in on this tent for the tent, the light, the heater. I mean, 300 bucks. Very I mean, solid. Yeah. And and I, this is the third year I've used this thing. 
and it's still working fantastic. Um, I did, I will say, you know, ventilation's important. So I've got my computer fan going now, drawing the air out. I have it aimed, you know, out so that it draws the smoke and, and pulls the smoke out. But otherwise, this is great. And I've been out here in sub-zero temperatures in gym shorts and a sweatshirt and just fine. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that you're you're probably at tier five at this point, you know, where you have uh, you know, something that you can put up when it's time to smoke cigars. Do you leave it up all winter long? Yep. I set it so up. An, I set anchored. it up. Yeah, I uh so it's since it's an ice fishing tent, it's got uh rivets so that you can drill into the ice to anchor it. But obviously, since I'm on, you know, a slab of concrete, I bought the big um they're not cinder blocks. They're like patio stones, so they're like maybe so tall, and they've got like a cross like area in the top for putting the uh, the the boards that create the framework of the patio. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's those stones that um, kind of are the the base stones for patios, and they're heavy as hell. And so I have one of those on each corner, and it keeps it nice and tight. So, yeah, that thing ain't going anywhere. No, not at all. And then I'm fortunate enough to have a carport, so it's set up underneath the carport. Um, the one thing I would note is that if you are, if you do get one of these and you're setting it up, if it snows, the uh, the walls. I don't know if you can see. It, so, well, I don't know if you can see. Probably not. It they they pop out. So there's a framework to the tent, and so if it snows too much, the roof will cave in. So you know you want to kind of yeah, shake it off bash the snow off but uh i i've only had a cave-in once i know broccoli rob had one once and uh nick gervais he had an issue last year and i th- i think his caved in last year but you know it's all well, right if my uh if my smoking tent here caves in i'm in real trouble well yeah you just have the house so i have the house that's uh, we're not all that fortunate in fact, I would hazard to guess that probably most people listening to this are not fortunate enough to smoke in their house. I don't understand the fortunate part. You just smoke. <laughs> but see, not all of us have the freedom to do so. So there, here's, you know, this is what this is where this is where it's important in your life to establish jabs. So the first time when I was married. The first time I smoked in the house, I lit up in the basement. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask permission. I lit up. And I'm down there DJing and doing, uh, we used to do webcast Wednesdays back then. So I got other DJs and it was, the assumption was, oh, this is just a special occasion. That's why he's smoking. And then it was every other day. <laughs> then it was every day. And then it was, I'd set up a fan by the window to exhaust the smoke out and be in the living room and walk through the house with a lit cigar. Never, never a problem because I established the jab early and I didn't make it. I had the door closed and I, you know, I tried to have good ventilation. And so I made it clear that I was not trying to force my will on her, but at the same time, it's my house too. So... This is where I smoke. But in all fairness, you are divorced now. Yeah, for other reasons. The <laughs> putting the plates under the bed, that didn't go well. I gotcha. Yeah. I 
that was. I feel like that was a weak, weak confession. By the way, <laughs> I feel like that was a weak Listen, confession. Do you have any idea how absolutely massive my ego is? And in order for me to confess something, <laughs> I have to admit that I was wrong. I'm going to give and it. And I just don't do that. I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, in all fairness, I mean, Dave's confessions have been fairly weak as well. So, you know, I think you need to open that segment up to the listeners. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I think they sent in it through the stink pipe. Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. You make them call into the what? speak pipe stink pipe whatever you guys call it and uh you know have them record that there and you open it up to the listeners i think that would send that segment into a whole different level yeah because i like i i don't want to i don't want to admit to any felonies or anything like that like that's it's recorded so there's certain shit where i'm like all right i've done some bad shit but i'm not saying it out loud i mean in all fairness mickey peg admitted to stealing a cab on my show yeah, but you got him drunk. I mean, he could argue That's that true. he made it up in a drunken state. Uh, valid. He he didn't, but, you know. <laughs> uh, so is there any specific... Um, we've, we've talked about cigars. We've talked about accessories that everybody needs and everything. Is there any kind of specific like thing that you can think of that cigar smokers that... Um, Maybe they're the guy that has that has all the the lighters, cutters, and everything they need, but they but their their significant other still wants to get them something related. Is there some sort of product or or item that you know is unique that you would say probably a lot of cigar smokers don't have, but you guys carry, and it would be something kind of fun, cool for them to to try out. There's a uh... And there's a couple of manufacturers that make them. And I know for myself, it was the very last thing, the last cigar luxury that I afforded myself. Uh, And they're 30 bucks. It's a car ashtray that has a flip out top that has a cigar rest in it. Because I I was always the guy that was like, that's an extravagance that I don't need. I, I get a substantial discount, but I'd still, I waited until last year. Before I got ones, and I've been smoking cigars since uh, 1996, I believe. Yeah, it was 96. Uh, I've been using coffee cups, the the little shitty ashtray that comes with a car and all this stuff. And it's like, get something stainless steel that's easy to clean, that doesn't rust, that has a cigar rest built in. And it's like... It's like smoking in the lap of luxury. I feel so much better smoking in my car <laughs> with an astra, a proper ashtray. I, I have one of those meant for a cigar smoker. So I have one of those as well. It's I think mine's like stinky brand, um, and it's got That's the one I have. the little cigar clip. And what I like about that clip on there, and what I was worried about when I purchased that was that it would be too tight and it would hold the cigar too tight to where when I was trying to get it out, it would tear the wrapper. Yeah, and you can loosen that up. Yeah, and it, it's actually it it holds it well, but it's not too tight. And I haven't had any wrapper tears, you know, on it. Yeah, I, I barely it'll it'll misshapen a uh, a thicker cigar a little bit, but I'll just open up the the gap a little on it. Yeah. Um, now and, Dave's gonna shit his pants that we haven't really talked about the flavor on this cigar since. Uh, well, why don't we, we do that? 
10 05. It's going to be like 45 minutes. You didn't even talk about it. We've been talking about all kinds of other cigar stuff. But anyway, so why don't we discuss the uh, Cigar Authority Lancero? I'm not quite, I don't think I'm quite halfway. I'm nearing the halfway point here. Um, it's smoking really, really great. My burn line is nice and even. The ash holds on really, really well, and it does generate a lot of smoke off of it. Um, Especially for a Lancero. Yeah. I mean, it's a little smokestack. Um, In terms of uh, flavor notes, I'm I'm defaulting to you on this one because... Chicken shit. So uh, (laughs) when you you barbecue chicken wings and you use an orange-based sauce at the end to finish them and and just kind of caramelize them, like a uh, sweet and sour sauce you'd get at the uh, Chinese food place. But you got to have the char from the barbecue. Uh, you know, you're just just into the barbecue range temperature-wise, you know, hovering in that 275, 300 range. You're no longer smoking. But they, there has been smoke in close proximity to the meat. And you get those charred bits around the corner of the flat. That's what I'm getting on this. Okay. Okay. Um, I will say this retro hail on this is really smooth. I just did one and didn't hack up a lung, so I got that going for me. You did, and you did though. <laughs> I don't retro hail for that reason. Oh, it stings the nostrils. It does. <laughs> oh, my eyes are you watering. You don't have your breathe right strip though. Oh no. The Breathe Right episode was an interesting episode, and I know Barry shit all it was over. Very it, divisive, yes. <laughs> uh, you gotta like, I don't know. To me, life is so much more fun when you just go down the rabbit hole with Dave well, and and see what the possibilities are of the bit. And look, it. You guys have been at it for you know what? You're in your thirteenth year now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, coming up on fourteen. Get crazy. You know, who cares? I mean, do something different. I mean, but it was legitimately a different smoking experience with the breathe, right? Okay. There was so much more flavor. Would I want to do it all the time? No, because it, it, it literally forces both nostrils to be open. Yeah. And that's not, that's not good for a long-term thing for your nasal cavity. Your nasal passages have to cycle every three to four hours so that they don't burn out. So for a, a one-time thing, or if it was uh, maybe an exceptional cigar like an Alfonso, and I wanted to get even more of the nuances out of it, uh, yeah, breathe right, do it. Everybody should do it once. I mean, well, everybody who got the Cigar Authority Care Package has a breathe right strip, so they can they can do it at least once now. True. Did Dave have any uh, issues with his? Uh, is it what what allergy latex allergy? Isn't it latex? He did no. There was okay. uh, there was no issue. Well, that's no good. issue at all. That's good. But yeah, uh, he has a severe latex allergy. So you skin me- splits. So you mentioned the Alfonso. Um, what have you been smoking lately that's been so good? The Alfonso number two is the best cigar I've ever smoked in my life. High praise. And before that, it was Distinguidos which is a Byron product, um, the Grand Poema. Then you go down to regular Poema, uh, a Peak Poema. That, But this, the, the Alfonso is, for listeners that understand what Chateau Lafitte Rothschild wine is, 
So the the grapes that they use for that wine, it's a five hundred dollar bottle if you can find it. It's two thousand on the secondary market, and you'd say, well, uh, why would I spend five hundred dollars if the grapes are the same as other wines? And they really are. There's nothing exceptional about the grapes at all. The five thousand dollar virgin French oak barrel that they mature the wine in is everything when it comes to that wine. And I got a chance to to have a sips worth. And it went down like water and it returned through the retronasal activity that you have as you're drinking wine. You know, you're smacking your lips and a little bit of the nasal activity happens and it returned on my palate as wine. And there was no one flavor. No, like you wouldn't say, oh, this one tastes like current. This one tastes like it just tasted like wine, but without the alcohol, it was unreal. And with the Alfonso, he does his standard two to four years, depending on the size of his cedar aging, and then finishes the cigar for up to two years in this French, virgin French oak cubicle that is specific to that vintage of Alfonso. He won't put new cigars in there. Uh, he's not putting old cigars in. He doesn't want the ammonia jumping from cigar to cigar. So other than rotating the cigars inside that cubicle, it's just that vintage that's in there. And when you smoke that cigar, you don't say, oh, this tastes like you say, I'm not tasting any ammonia. I'm not tasting any nitrates. I'm not experiencing any nicotine overload. It is just pure tobacco. And it is so goddamn satisfying when you smoke that cigar. It's so good. It's expensive though. I mean, it, yeah. you're looking at thirty dollars for the the little petite robusto size, and they go upwards of fifty dollars for the bigger size in a non-tax state. This is not a cigar I can afford to smoke all the time, but right now I'm at once a month. Once a month, light one up by myself. There's no one interrupting me. I'm just chilling. I'm not even. I, I'm not even wanting to drink alcohol with it or coffee or anything. I just want that flavor. I just want that experience. Wash over my palate and I can smoke the number two, which is a fairly traditional, a little raw child size. I can get an hour and a half out of that and just love every puff. So before that, it was like, oh, I really like, I like Distinguidos. It's my favorite cigar. I love Alfonso. It's righteous. Fantastic. I know the uh, this year's number fours of the Corojo Reserva from uh, uh, Aladino have hit. Outstanding. Yeah. The great batch. I think that uh, Husto and his father are really coming into their own as far as the consistency of that product, where early on batches, the consistency was a little less, even for, in the original Robusto, from box to box. You got different flavors, and things have been much more dialed in. I mean, I know Dan got ten boxes of the number fours, and they've been flying off the shelf. I mean, we're just—it's it's November, so it's number four time. Everybody knows it now. So, yep, yep, and uh, yeah, pick up pick up a box and sit on it. Yeah, and that's the other thing is he he packs those in virgin cedar now. This year has come in cellophane. I noticed that. I noticed that. 
I'm not a fan of. So when I get my box, I'll be removing the cellophane and storing those uh, adjacent to the cedar because the, the longer they're in proximity to that cedar, the better they'll get. I'm curious as to why he decided to do that this year. Do you know? My best, my best guess is the reason why every manufacturer switches over to cellophane, and that is damage. Ah. The tissue foot just doesn't offer enough protection, and they the you get split wrappers. So, and he's a fair and honest man. So anytime we say to him, you know, you owe us a box of this, he just sends it without a without a question. Yeah. Um. So with cellophane, you get way less of that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um. What else are you smoking that's good? Uh, the new El Baton by J.C. Newman. J.C. Newman, Newman yes. on the show this week. Um, I'm a big fan of the the Little Bellicoso. Uh, in fact, I have three in my travel case right now. I'll probably light one up after this show. A um, lot of flavor, a lot of chocolate notes, a lot of graham cracker notes, little pepper and spice happening. Uh, almost like every sixth puff, you get a little pepper. And so it's not the dominant note. It's sort of an afterthought. Uh, and then it goes back to sweet and smooth. Really good cigar. Uh, I've been smoking a lot of the Aganorsa products. They're new. Yeah. Validation. I'm jumping around. I don't go to the Connecticut. I just am not a fan of Connecticut. But uh, their Corojo is great. Their Maduro is great. The Habano is great. I smoke those on the regular as well. Um, I've been smoking a lot of the, the validation as well, as well as the, um, uh, Dan got in a whole ton of Aganorsa product and I've been hitting up the, uh, the JFR, uh, Corojo quite a bit here lately too. Um, the, um, oh uh, yeah, that's not one I stock. I don't think that okay. it's not the, it's not the JFR lunatic series. It's no, different... no, no. It's just the, just the standard JFR um, this is the, the super Toro. So it's almost like a Toro ring gauge, but it's just longer. Um, yeah, we used to carry those yeah. and they, they were, they were good. It just, um, that particular line didn't sell for us. So, gotcha. uh, not every, not everything does. Uh, I, and a lot of times it breaks down to what, um, what the guys are smoking in the shop. Yeah. They've been moving really well here at, at Riverman. Um, I think they're like eight bucks, you know? So, I mean, with the amount of smoking time you get out of it and everything else, I mean, sure. it's like, it's it's a good deal. And um, uh, the other one that I've been smoking quite a bit of here lately, I had a box of uh, Yagua that I bought last year that I've been smoking, um, that I broke into and have been hitting up this year. And that's been really good. And we had Jake from uh, J.C. Newman and... Uh, Fuente on with us a couple weeks back and he told us that I guess there's going to be one more release of Yagua uh, scheduled this year. Nice. So uh, I've also I've uh, switched things up in the Perdomo cabinet. I was smoking a lot of the bourbon barrel age Robusto. Okay. And I've gone to his 10th anniversary sun grown Robusto uh, just Maybe it's just we're in a, a certain vein of them, but every single time I light it up, I'm like, holy shit, it's so good. That's a great one. I will say my go-to with Perdomo is the uh, uh, Habano Sun Grown in the, what, Epicure? Sure. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, I also am, surprisingly, because I typically lean more toward Dominican and Honduras, I mean, sorry, Nicaraguan and Honduras, 
when it comes to filler tobaccos. But there's this new cigar on the market called Yaya. Yes. And every time I smoke it, I'm like, why don't I smoke this every day? It's really good. I just had one of those on Friday, I think, uh, sitting out at the fire pit. And uh, just an amazing cigar. Shockingly good. for. Yeah. And I'm not shitting on the Dominican Republic. They just they make great cigars. They're just often not in my flavor profile. Precisely. And this is not only a, a very well-made cigar, but right in my flavor profile. Yeah. And it's not even all that strong. It's straight medium, maybe mild to medium. But the, the flavor. flavor on it is just great. Yep, exactly. No, I... I, I picked up a couple of those um, when I was out visiting you guys in September, and uh, we had Oliver and, oh, I'm blanking on the gentleman's name, from Yaya uh, on the show. Oh, Guille. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had them on the show, and so I smoked one on the show with them, but I still had one other one, because I had bought two with the intention that, you know, Jeff and I would smoke it on the show. But uh, Jeff missed that episode, and so then I had one spare, and I'm like, well, he missed it, so I guess I'm going to steal his. So I stole his, and uh, that's the one I smoked the other day. So I need to get more of those. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, speaking of United Cigars, why don't we go ahead and get into the United Cigars One Must Go segment? Adrian Pulieski here. We all need to live united, as it turns out, but one, unfortunately, must go. Brought to you by United Cigars, makers of La Giana Havana, Abuelo, Red Anchor, Firecracker, and of course, United Cigars there. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Graflo, Mantosa, and Terranova. In the highly acclaimed Adabe, Byron, and Bandolero there if you're feeling fancy. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United, United Cigars as it turns out. I went with the Jerry Pulaski version today, so I didn't have to uh, listen to the Hateful Shrew. So. You've got a uh, little Minnesota accent going on there. Well, you, you listen to our show. You know Jerry Pulaski. He, uh, he's one of our frequent callers, and uh, typically, uh, typically some fairly wretched stories. Um, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't expect anything else. So I have a, uh, very specific one must go for you. Um, it's cigar authority related, but I'm not going to ask you to pick which person you're going to cut. Cause that was where Barry yeah. went and it, it caused issues. I don't, I don't know why he just assumed I was going to do that, but anyway, so one must go. The loud cowbell, uh, cowbell that I brought to give to Dave. Yeah, you're a dick. Dave interrupting your email reads. Or Barry's never-ending homosexual jokes. I don't know what it would be like to be able to read an entire email <laughs> without being interrupted. Uh, oh, wow. That's a tough one. I would, You know what? I would like Barry to get a little more intellectual with his his fodder instead of just taking the low-hanging fruit if he could put just a little bit of effort into being funny yeah then maybe he would actually be funny so that's the one i'm gonna go for okay so you're because you're gonna... i don't 
realistically, I can't go up against the cowbell. That was a gift, and there's no way that Dave would give it up. He has zero impulse control, <laughs> so he can't help but interrupt when it comes to the emails. But see, this isn't especially this isn't the when reality. He's yeah, but this isn't the reality. This is like in a perfect world, if you could remove this one annoyance. You know, well, all three, all three would be impossible. So then I just have to, <laughs> well, I have to think about the show. And at least when Dave interrupts, it adds more uh, banter. So and people say they like the banter. So I, I, that one's that one's got to stay. And he's just so damn proud of the cowbell. How could I take it away from him? He is very proud of that cowbell. He is. Yeah. I didn't expect so him we, to keep using the the new cowbell. Oh, as soon as he found out, I hated it. That was it. He's in. He's in <laughs> like Flynn. I just I just figured, you know, here here's a cowbell, but I didn't expect him to. And actually, you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, to Jeff. He was this past weekend covering the um, state. I think cross country. I think it was the state cross country finals up uh, up north of here. And he said it was a Dave Garofalo wet dream because all of these parents, as these kids are running by, are like ringing cowbells on the sideline to like encourage these kids and shit. He's like, there's cowbells going off everywhere. Yeah, it sounds horrible. <laughs> I got to cover my mic because it, it's, I, I, we don't need an extra mic picking up that friggin' clanking clanking oh you're you're the bell yeah no that's valid because you do sit relatively close and i guess it would probably pick up it does it's it's a it's a loud bell i'll give it that oh so the uh the big takeaway today when it comes to christmas is take pictures of the shit you want find out what lane you're in where are you in your cigar smoking career and and look for the the gift buyer the gift giver to help you fill out your lane that you're in so that you can move to the next level. I'd love it for every cigar smoker that listens to the cigar pulpit to eventually have multiple ashtrays for their man cave, multiple table lighters. Uh, Cause a lot of manufacturers will give them away as gifts with purchase. And that's how I got most of mine, but sometimes there'll be a cool ashtray and I'm like, I, I have to have this in my life. Well, and I'll say one of the coolest ashtrays I've seen is the uh, the little smoking buddy from United Cigars. Really cool. I like that one. I don't yeah, have one yet, ombre. Oliver. I'm just saying, Oliver. You know, you can get that over here. Speaking of United Cigars, let's go ahead and close that out. The One What's Go segment is brought to you by United Cigars. United We Smoke, as it turns out. <laughs> as it turns out. So yeah, um, no, I the ombre he's he's fun. Yeah, he's good. I like that. Never so smoke alone. Never smoke alone. So I'm entering into the final third of the uh, of the uh, cigar authority lance era here. I'm at the point that I'm going to go ahead and take off the band um, to uh, make Dave happy that we're discussing it. Do you get any flavor changes when you get to the final third of the uh, lance well, here? That's kind of the thing about Lanceros, too, is because of the thinness of the ring gauge, you really can't, once you're under 40 ring gauges, you can't use Lajero in the blend because you don't have enough combustible material surrounding it. This is according to Nelson Alfonso. Okay. In case there's a manufacturer listening that believes something other than this. So the 
I got this information in a conversation that I had with him and he speaks broken English. So I, maybe I misunderstood, but I, I don't think so. So you, you, the slang term in a blend that they'll use for the highest priming is also Lajero. So a manufacturer may say it's, it's this Lajero and it's this Seiko and it's this Viso. And the reality is they've shifted lower than that in the plant because the highest priming that they're using, they're saying is Lajero. And it really isn't tobacco Lajero, the highest priming. It's just the highest priming in the blend. I so see. you may you may think, oh, he's completely wrong. This company is listing this Lancero as this Lajero, this Seiko, this Viso. No, they're just using Lajero as a slang term for this is the highest priming that we're using. It's from this plant, from this region, blah, blah, blah. So Lanceros tend, although they you get an awful lot of wrapper flavor, they tend to be fairly one-dimensional as far as the flavor notes going across. What you get at the beginning is pretty damn close to what you get at the end, and it's because they can't put higher priming tobacco in there because it wouldn't combust. So uh, it's been fairly consistently sweet with a little bit of spice and a little bit of that charred chicken wing uh, on the outside from the barbecue. It's a good descriptive. I like that. Charred chicken wing. I like it. Oh, so what have uh, what have you guys got coming up? Like, what do you want to plug? Uh, this week's show. Let me pull up my show notes here. <laughs> I know. Uh, now, are you guys doing the clubhouse calls regularly, or have those kind of become sporadic? Uh, <clears throat> they've become a little bit more sporadic as busier the- time of year. It's a little busy for us, but um, Dave is uh, kind of enjoying his his nights off right now. Uh, as am I. It's a, it's another it's another show you got to prepare for. It's it another um, another thing that that has its own problems that can go wrong with not being able to see people's hands raised, and the app is glitchy. So. Um, yeah, it's I, I enjoy doing it when I'm there, but leading up to it, trying to prepare for it, especially Dave thinks that everybody is thinking like Dave. So he puts a title up and it's like, all right, I think I know what direction he's going. And I do the prep for it. And it's not the direction that we're going. <laughs> uh, so this week, we're actually going to smoke that. Yeah, yeah. And okay. we have a live listener competition on YouTube only. So uh, it's a true or false competition. You can jump on YouTube and that's where the, the little bot thing will pop up the question that we're asking and you have true or false and it's going to track who did it first and who is the most correct. So you do have to have the ability to sign into YouTube. You need a YouTube username. And if you're signed in during the show, you got an opportunity to win a prize pack and rumor has it, there may be some Lanceros. Nah. In the pack. There, there may be, maybe not, but, but maybe. What about lotion? I tried for the lotion. I tried for it, but uh, I was denied. Oh, well. Okay. There is no Cigar Authority lotion yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. Seems yet. to be the key word there. Um, 
Have you guys been having any issues with uh, with YouTube at all? It seemed like that was kind of a hot thing topic there for a little while earlier this year, and um, I haven't been hearing about it nearly as much. I know on our end, what we've started doing, and I've gone back and adjusted, is um, when you, when we're uploading, there's a little button that you can click that makes it unavailable for anyone under 18, which does require people to sign into their, you know, Google YouTube account in order to even view the video. And it seems like, and you have to accept, there's a second prompt. Now you have to accept that the video that you're about to watch may or may not contain uh, information that is um, risque or how I forget how they word it, but you have to opt in double opt in. You have to opt in by clicking on it. And then opt in saying that you're okay with having, you know, less than desirable content potentially. So I think what's going on with all social media is everybody is looking to Twitter. Now that Musk has Twitter Mm -hmm. and the free speech is being pushed and Twitter is now a hotbed for uh, people to gravitate toward. And it's on both sides because you could get now both sides have to be putting facts up. And if the facts check, fact checkers look and it's not factual, it gets pulled on either side of the argument. So I think the rest of social media is going to follow suit. And I think we may have a little stay of execution here with Google as they look at Twitter and say, holy shit. I mean, the user the actual users using the platform right now is through the roof for sure. Although they're cleaning up all the bots and all that stuff. uh, I just signed up and did the verification thing. And I think it was, they said $8. It was only $5. So I got my blue check Mark. Oh, look at Uh, you. You want to follow me on Twitter. It's Mr. Jonathan. Now is that a, uh, my handle is at Mr. Jonathan DJ. Is that a one-time thing or is that a monthly thing? No, it's monthly. Okay. But I pay monthly. I pay monthly for MeWe as well so that I have the little diamond. Not that you need it because there's no ads or any of that stuff on MeWe. But um, I pay because it's not Facebook and it's not Instagram. So anything that I can do to help the competition (laughs) of Facebook and Instagram, I'm 100,000% all in. I get that. And I still have a couple fake profiles on both and I can go on anytime I want. And I've toyed with putting my real name in and becoming friends with my family again so I can see what everybody's up to. But I fucking hate Facebook so much for throwing me off that I I don't, there may be a time when I have to do it. There may be a time, but I'm very much hoping that Twitter takes over and becomes the place to be. And I can push my cigar content out that way. They're already talking about being able to stream to Twitter and have videos there. So uh, Google may be a thing of the past. You, we may not use YouTube anymore. We may get consume all of our information on one platform, which would be Twitter. I'd be perfectly fine with that because, you know, I I also have my issues with Facebook and uh, Instagram by and large. I mean, my only issue with Instagram is the fact that it's owned by Facebook. You know, Correct. I actually like the platform. I just, uh, you know, the, the ownership is the issue there because, you know, at some point, the, the policies of Facebook are going to infect the Instagram world as well. Um, and then YouTube, it's just that ever like looming sort of uh, Damocles above our head. You know, it's like, when's that going to fall and, and take us out? But thankfully, you know, knock on wood, Jeff and I haven't had any issues 
on there yet. But yeah, it's uh, it, I, I'm I'm optimistic about Twitter. You know, if if uh, if if the rhetoric matches the action, then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna think you know feel pretty good about it. Nice. So, well, you're on Twitter, obviously, Mr. Jonathan DJ. Yep. Where else? Yeah, give me a follow. Uh, and I'm on I'm on MeWe or the MeWe's as Ed Sullivan says. I'm also I'm on I have my own YouTube channel. Most people that are listening to a cigar podcast aren't going to be interested because there's a lot of dance content. But because uh, I'm a professional swing dancer, and I do we don't talk about it on the big show much. We allude to it, but I've started teaching a class above the shop on Thursday nights. I'm not looking to draw cigar guys over. Yeah, I just want my it's just swing a space. people. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I have a, a little system set up. It's kind of like a speakeasy where everybody knows the specific door that's unlocked that they can walk in. The only way to get into the building and the only place you can go is up because there's no handles on the interior door. Yeah. Uh, which I should have shown you when you were there. Kind of a genius play on my part. I put magnets on a handle. So oh, nice. when the handle is there... You can open the door, and during my swing class, I take the handle off and put it in my pocket, and now you can't go anywhere. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, very cool. Now, I would probably be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, Brisket Gate. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I saw you sink in the chair. <laughs> people, people get so caught up on the right and wrong way to do things, <laughs> and I find it interesting that my two friends, three friends, one owns a barbecue podcast. One is a retired barbecue champion, U.S. champion, uh, 13 or 14 titles to his name. Uh huh. He is now the executive chef for the Buckley Group. There's eight restaurants under his purview, and he comes up with all of the menu items and cooks them the first time teaches the other chefs how to do it. Uh, the, the man has an unbelievable palate. And then another one is an executive chef for a company that manages the entire school program for the state of New Hampshire. He does the same thing that the other chef does. They all have zero problem with smoking the brisket up to 120 because it doesn't take on any more flavor after that. And then dumping it in the sous vide overnight. And I get perfect brisket every time see now what i find funny here is that there must be multiple brisket gates because i was talking about the fact that you took the brisket home from dave's house back in september oh yeah Uh, (laughs) whatever i will say for the record and i'll say it publicly i really enjoyed the brisket when i tried that little bit when you dropped me off at my hotel Oh, that's right, because I was on my way to go there, and yep. I, that's the exact brisket that I took home. And it was really good. And that was before I got the smoker. That was just smoked salt on it yeah. and some other seasonings. So, But, oh. yeah, he has a real problem when I take food home um, that people aren't eating. And my point is, just eat the food while it's there. <laughs> just, I mean, I want people to have a sense of urgency when I bring food to their house. <laughs> but Gianna- You have to eat it. Or I'm taking it home. But Gianna was putting the kid to bed. Yeah, I don't care what your excuse is. 
So I don't I don't have any kids running around that I have to put to bed. So I just eat the brisket. So we're coming up on Thanksgiving. What do you do for Thanksgiving? Uh, actually, right after this interview, I'm going to head over to the market and buy a turkey and brine it for a little bit. And then I'm going to fire up the smoker and use it more like a convection oven. I'm gonna, it's going to be less about the smoke and more about the temperature. Uh, and I'm going to roast that turkey. Um there's two things going on. So uh, regular Thanksgiving, I'm going to go to my brother's house and he'll take care of the food. But my mom and sister are coming up from Florida. So this coming Saturday after the show, I'm going to feed everybody turkey and we're going to have a little like Friendsgiving type thing. Okay. And so turkey is much better as a leftover than it is the day of. And on the day of, the bird stalls constantly and you never have it done in time for when you tell everybody you're going to eat. So I cook mine in advance. I let it cool completely. I debone it. I boil the carcass in a pressure cooker with some aromatics and make a, a stock that I thicken and then slice the bird and pour that stock over the sliced turkey and foil it. And in the fridge it goes and it'll heat up in an hour. Okay. So, and it's always exactly one hour at 350 that that stock boils and continues to thicken. It's perfect. So I have perfect turkey that comes out at the exact time that I want every year. It's never dry. It's never overcooked. It's perfect. So what sides do you tend? So because you're doing your your anti-lectin diet, like what side dishes are you going with? So for that, I'll have uh, sweet potatoes, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, um, Brussels sprouts with bacon. Uh, the, someone will bring mashed potatoes. I probably won't eat them because you got to pressure cook those and it's a whole process and I'm not making, I'm not putting my agenda on everybody else. Well, yeah. and honestly and truly, I was at the party last night and I was hungry and I did, I just ate the, the foods that were the closest to what I would eat. I didn't eat the chicken that had breading on it. You know, I went for the broccoli station and had a little dip and some cheese, you know, it's not, it, it was not the healthiest meal I've ever had. I didn't wake up today feeling like shit, so I did fine. Well, that's good. I'm just curious as to what a, what a lectin-free Thanksgiving looks like. Well, you got turkey, you got uh, sweet potatoes, you got, you could have asparagus, you could have Brussels sprouts, you can have broccoli, all roasted. Um, but you don't have salad. Pie. You don't have pie. No, no pie. I'm not a, I'm not a pie guy. Really? Even Not when you, even guy. before the lectin yeah. diet, really? Once in a while, I'd make like, if I had extra turkey after Thanksgiving, I'd make a turkey pot pie just to bring it into work so that yeah. you had sort of a finished thing. Yeah. So you're not just feeding somebody turkey. It's like, oh, it's a meal if it's a pie. So I would do it, but it's not my thing. Hmm. I don't really care for, I'm, I'm so far into keto that I don't miss bread at all. I'm not tempted by bread <sighs> at all. No grains, no nothing. I'm just, I'm happy eating boring meals and feeling dynamite after I eat them. I mean, I guess good for you. I will say the prospect of a bread-free life just sounds miserable to me. But, you know, I don't know. I, so my I my favorite good, meal, good for you. I did it uh, yesterday, uh, two days ago. I had a ribeye steak that was just under medium rare. And uh, roasted broccoli with shallots, garlic, and bacon. 
That was my meal. Salad or solid, very solid. I will say, uh, you know, one of my finish finishing truffle salt on the steak. It was fucking dynamite. I will say now you're getting me hungry for steak, and we've got a place here in St. Louis that makes a phenomenal fillet with uh, asparagus and uh, mashed potatoes, and that sounds really good. Sometimes I'll whip up a little hollandaise sauce to put on the broccoli. So that may be what I do for lunch today. There you go. Okay. Well, this now I'm hungry. <laughs> I've been doing the intermittent fasting, and I have not... Uh, um, it's it's past the point that I can start to eat, but uh, uh, I haven't had anything to eat today, so this is starting to get me really hungry. Nice, yeah. yeah the intermittent fasting is great. It it helps your your cells to rejuvenate and clean out all the bad shit and get your mitochondria firing, which are your energy building, energy producing um, cells. And I mean, I did intermittent fasting by itself for a long time, and you could you can pretty much eat whatever you want. And yeah. if you want to lose weight, you just close your window a little, you know, give yourself a six hour eating window or a four hour eating window and you, you'll shed the pounds and it doesn't matter what you eat. Well, that's kind of where I'm at is uh, I'm not necessarily like stopping anything specific. Just like you said, just keeping that window tight. And just by doing that, I'm down like 22. So nice. I mean, you know, so I figure, you know, I can live with this. But the other thing to consider is when you break your fast, if you break your fast with a meat protein that's high in fat, like a ribeye, uh, and green vegetables, mm-hmm. and you save your carbohydrate intake to your last meal of the day, try to eat that three hours before you go to sleep. Your body, you'll sleep better for starters, having your carbohydrates later in the day. And you give it the three hours so that you're not laying down because you don't want the carbohydrates to ferment in your system. You want them to pass into your, your intestinal tract. So if you do it that way and you split up your carbohydrates away from your, if you, and if you eat protein later in the day with your carbs, go with a leaner protein, like a chicken breast. And that's when you'd have your mashed potatoes or turkey breast and have your mashed potatoes and your squash or whatever else you're going to have or your bread. Uh, you'll, you'll lose weight faster and you will feel more satiated after the first meal because carbohydrates induce an insulin response, which causes you to be hungry two hours later. As as your insulin comes down, your body's like, ah, I want more insulin. Give me something sugary that I can. And you, that's where you'll end up with extra meals that really are cheats that you don't need. You could eliminate those and just do meat and protein, uh, protein and vegetables, high fat first meal, Second meal or last meal, lower fat, higher in carbohydrates, and you'll live longer. There you go. See, you're getting more than just cigar content on this episode, guys. So, Mr. Jonathan, final thoughts on the uh, Cigar Authority Lancero here, getting down really close to the nub here. Yeah, I'm glad that we smoked it. There's a little bit of a, believe it or not, kind of a minty component that's kind of coming on at the end here. Hmm. Uh, Almost almost menthol-y, very, very subtle. Uh, you know, like you, the the sort of breath you take through a lifesaver hole. A mm-hmm. little bit of that, along with the, the, the meaty, charry, chicken wing, orange. Put that uh, through your nose. Yeah, the spice level yeah. at the end here. If, if you were to be brave enough to do one here, that it lingers a lot more here. 
in the uh, in the end of the cigar than it did earlier. Not doing it. Not doing it. <laughs> Chicken shit. Yeah, you get one out of me. That's it. Hey, I'm I remember. Impre- I'm impressed I got one, to be honest. So, anyway. Well, Mr. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. I appreciate it. I know it's your day off. My pleasure. And, uh, you know, and, and, and judging up the background so much. I mean, last time you had the ficus. Today, you know, you've got the... the I had to step it up. Yeah. I could have done the ficus, but I had to step it up. And I got an idea for another set the next time. Okay. There might even be a spotlight involved. Ooh. All right. Well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see what that looks like the next time you're on here. So, so I want your listeners to uh, stick the lid end in their mouth because uh, they might like it. <laughs> I've never done that. Famous like, last words. I I know. I I'm gonna end up doing it. It's not, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. Like sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, how does one end up doing that? It's because you end up not paying attention, and especially you get down to the bottom of the cigar like this, and maybe the cigar rolls around in your hand and you know, in your heart of hearts that this is okay to put in your mouth and it isn't. It's and not. the first thing, the first thing you notice is that your tongue is hotter than usual. <laughs> and you think, did I draw on this too hard? And then you hear, and you're like, Nope, I put the lid into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, that, it just doesn't seem like something that logically would happen. But then again, you know, I've, I've only been smoking for, well, it was 18, 19, 20, 20. I, you know, coming up on five years now. And uh, so, I mean, I guess having not done it in five years, I don't know. Yeah, that's not, that's nothing. That's, that's not, nothing. It'll right happen. around the 10 year mark, it'll happen. Okay. All right. Well, I do. I smoke cigars when I'm doing things a lot, you know, laying out my newspaper. Or, you know, I do it a lot in driving. Um, but see, driving, I tend to not put the cigar down that much, even though I've got that little clip on the on the ashtray. I tend to not put it down. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm in the same boat there. I don't really rotate my cigar around in my hand all that much either. But maybe I'm just I don't know. Feeling fortunate. So anyway. So, guys, uh, you can tune in to the Cigar Authority on YouTube and wherever podcasts are found. Um, you guys put out new episodes on Saturday, and then you have the after show on Wednesday. Yeah, Saturdays from noon to 2. The uh, after show goes out uh, in podcast form on Wednesdays, so you get that on all podcast catchers. If you're a member of the MeWe community, jump into our The Cigar Authority group, and you get an extra day uh, advanced uh, viewing and it's the only way you can view the YouTube video because we keep those private uh, if uh, if it matters to you. There we go. Well, Mr. Jonathan, hopefully everybody got a few uh, Christmas gift ideas or at the very least figured out how to uh, properly educate their significant other and or gift yeah. giver as to how to get them something proper from the cigar store. Hack them, bitches. There you go. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. So we really want to thank Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority for coming on and spending some time with us and discussing, you know, ways that uh, people can find Christmas gift ideas uh, for their significant other, for, uh, 
you know, if they're a cigar smoker. And uh, I think some really good uh, ideas there. Um, you know, one of the things that I do want to emphasize that he brought up a lot and I think is a really great idea is if you want something specific, make sure you take pictures, send that to your uh, your person and, uh, you know, kind of kind of be a little bit overt about it you know don't be so so secretive so anyway why don't we now hear about my monthly cigars this would normally be the time that i give some information about my monthly cigars but i've hired that out this week so take it away my monthly cigars is a premium cigar subscription service it comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices use offer code pulpit and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's Offer Code Pulpit. Thanks. And if you're looking for a good Christmas gift idea, My Monthly Cigars is one. Um, obviously, you get a box of cigars sent to your door every month, and it's a nice variety. And you can, you know, give that cigar smoker in your life you know, a little something different to try every month. And don't forget that he's got fucking good coffee over there. I know that the uh, Daily Press has been his uh, coffee of the month, I believe. Um, that is the official Cigar Pulpit uh, coffee. We uh, did a, you know, kind of a tasting thing and, and settled on that one. And it's a really good coffee, but he's got other good coffees. You're going to want to try the Lounge Blend as well as uh, I think his Breakfast Blend is a really popular one over there too. So make sure you try fucking good coffee. As for the socials, we are available on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit as well as at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. We're on Facebook where we have the Cigar Pulpit Parishioners Group. Probably the best thing that you can uh, sign up for Facebook for if you're interested in it. And uh, we're also on Twitter where I'm probably going to start ramping up my Twitter activity a little bit. Especially given the fact that, uh, as we discussed earlier, you know, if uh, Facebook and Instagram decide to pull the plug on cigar content, Twitter might be the, uh, the, the home base for us. And we're on YouTube where you can watch this. And guys, we do need your calls for the Ask the Voice hotline. I do not have any calls uh, lined up just yet for Friday's show with Jeff. So make sure you get some uh, calls into us on the hotline. Area code 863-874-0000. Otherwise, um, unless, well, I don't think anybody else would have any other business because I'm the only one here now. Um, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. Take it easy, everybody.